before we had The Bachelor, before we had Bachelorette and Golden Bachelor, we had something called The Dating Show. I'm not sure why I said we. I am definitely not pre-1965 when it first aired, but I just thought I would say that. The Dating Show was an American television series that was a game show. Basically, this is how it would go. You would have one bachelorette, okay? She's a single woman. She's interviewing three different men questions, and everyone in the audience can see the men but her. They're behind a curtain. That's the premise of the show. It's really that simple. Oh wait, I forgot one key part. But after she would interview the men at the very end of the show, she would only be able to pick one man to take on an all-expense-paid, not vacation, just a date, which is kind of lame. This TV show is making so much money off of these people embarrassing themselves and then at the end of it all you get for winning is a date this is not bachelor money the bachelor the dates are taking people on an all-inclusive Turks and Caicos helicopter around the the jungles and then this one it's like here's an Olive Garden coupon good for a meal for two and you don't even get dessert no none of those cakes they also did some other like kind of spin-off versions of this where the men would pick between three different women instead or they were like like celebrity ones or ones where they knew the people that they were questioning. They were like, I, was, I almost said relatives, but that, <laughs> I mean, it was the 60s. If you are new to this channel, make sure to consider subscribing because we post videos every single week. We have a podcast that we post. Sometimes I do these little short videos and then I do daily YouTube shorts, which is kind of like a TikTok, but YouTube's version. So make sure to subscribe for all that good stuff. Now back to the video. But for some reason, the show did really well. Also, there were so many celebrities that were actually on the dating show before they even became famous, like Farrah Fawcett, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Steve Martin, just to name a few, a whole list. You can find on Wikipedia of all of the famous people that have been on this show. It's kind of alarming. This was a rite of passage to get into Hollywood. Oh my God, maybe it was. Maybe it literally was. I don't think you understand. There's like 50 people on this list, okay? People just make TikToks these days. People had to work hard to get famous back then. They had to go on the dating game show. And then they had to go on a date with this loser, this dumpy loser, take him to Olive Garden. You don't even like Olive Garden. You like Applebee's. Okay, let's move on because I'm not supposed to be talking about this show in general. You know, I wanted to give you guys a little bit of background on it, but we're talking about one episode in particular. An episode that aired in 1978 and featured a woman named Cheryl Bradshaw. Cheryl Bradshaw was interviewing three different contestants, three different men, because we weren't progressive back then. It's kind of weird to see the way that people spoke back then. She was like, contestant number one, if I were to make you a pie and it wasn't a cheeseburger, hamburger, helper pie, what kind of pie would you ask for? That was how they spoke in this show. It was kind of wild. I just think of my grandma with her little recipe cards making ambrosia. And I'm like, my grandma's not making it for you, sir. My grandma is, has been happily married since she was like 23, since she first got to America. So anyway, she asked contestant number one, what's the best time? That's a pretty vague question. Who, what do you mean? What's the best time? Best time of day, best time of the month. This guy just answered nighttime because nighttime's the only time. What? I think it was trying to be sexy, but it was kind of like, you're stupid. You know, ever heard of morning? Also, I just wanted to say trigger warning later in the video. This is a true crime podcast. This is a true crime video. So things get a little bit 
gross murder r word but we're, we're okay we're, we're first talking about the game show so you can watch like a few more minutes then she says i am serving you for dinner what are you and he's like whoa like he like gets like audibly excited and everyone in the audience is like oh that is hilarious is it that funny though is it really hilarious that he re this grown ass man can't make himself a chicken parm is it that funny is this when tv dinners when i feel like this was after a war when did TV, like the same era of containers, like, you know, people used to have container part, Tupperware. I love that word, by the way. One of my top favorite words is Tupperware, just in case you wanted to know. When did TV dinners come out? 1953. Whoa. Okay, but, but, okay, but, 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 but when were they popular? Ooh, it was an immediate success. In 1954, Swanson sold more than 10 million units and the next year, 25 million. So, you know. They're just on the rise. So make yourself a gosh darn TV dinner. Contestant number one, bitch. Okay. Anyway, so she asks, if I were serving you for dinner, what are you called and what do you look like? Now, I took this as, am I calling you Mr. Sir, Sir Husband? Am I calling you the breadwinner, master of the house? He answers, I am called the banana and I look really good. First of all, ick bye second of all i don't think you interpreted the question whatever we're moving on okay she picks this contestant contestant number one and it's very awkward when she picks him because he comes up you know out from the curtain and the crowd's like woohoo yay they're so excited he like kind of like grabs her i mean they hug obviously whatever but then they're just standing there while the host is you know saying what their date is their super awesome date crappy dilapidated theme park and they're like yeah so excited and the guy's arm is like around her it's kind of creepy but anyway contestant number one's name was rodney alcala and the host, Jim Lang, introduced him as a successful photographer. Between takes, you might find him skydiving or motorcycling. But what he didn't say was also between his takes, he was also a murderer, rapist, serial killer that was literally actively killing during this episode when it was filmed and aired. And even though he did win and, you know, they're supposed to go on the date, Cheryl Bradshaw actually later said that she never actually went on the date with him because he was very creepy. And imagine if she did go on that date. She could have been killed. She could have. Because after this, same year killed someone, next year killed someone. And a fellow Bachelor contestant described Alcala as a very strange guy with, quote, bizarre opinions. But also, this is probably like after the fact, where it's like contestant number two and contestant number three are just so pissed off because they're like, really? We're on stage with a serial killer and they picked him over me? Alcala killed at least three more women after this dating show episode aired. Now between 1971 and 1979, he took the lives of at least eight people, including children and a pregnant woman. But authorities actually estimate his number of victims to be more than a hundred. A criminal profiler told CNN that when you go back and look at the dating game video, what's most fascinating is he had already committed a crime. He R-worded a little girl. Here is a man portraying himself as a desirable young man when he is a violent sexual predator of children. How did a serial killer wind up on a good time national game show? Well, this was obviously times before the internet where it was easy to do a background check. It's actually pretty interesting because the husband and wife producing team named Mike and Ellen Metzger, they actually disagreed about casting him in the first place. Ellen, the wife, found him charming and nice and the husband was like, no, I'm getting creepy, weird vibes from this guy. The energy is just not here. I mean, he didn't say that, but you know what I mean. 
he had a mystique about him that I found uncomfortable, Mike told ABC's 2020. Okay, so now I gave you a little bit of background on this guy, how he was a contestant on a dating show. Let's now get into what his crimes were, which is gonna get a little bit more dark than what we've been talking about, okay? Now, his earliest known crime was the gruesome assault of an eight-year-old girl, Tally Shapiro. He abducted this girl from outside of her home in 1968 by lying to her that he was a friend of the parents. At his apartment, he took her picture, brutally bashed her head in, and nearly strangled her to death with a barbell. But what he didn't know is that a good Samaritan actually saw him kind of abducting this girl, seeing the situation was kind of weird, and called the police on him. So because of that guy, the police actually ended up going to his house. The police went inside of his house and found the girl barely alive, blood on the floor everywhere. But the suspect escaped through the back door because the police officer was trying to save this little girl's life, get an ambulance there. But in his apartment, they found hundreds of photos of boys and girls and women, explicit photos, vulnerable, weird photos. You get the whole gist of it. He moved from California to New York and his crimes didn't stop there. While living in Manhattan, he R-worded and murdered a flight attendant named Cornelia Crilly at her apartment on East 83rd Street. He was actually added to FBI's 10 most wanted list for assaulting the little eight-year-old girl Shapiro. Because of this, he was actually spotted and arrested at a camp in New Hampshire and then extradited to California. Despite him being caught, he was paroled due to an issue with a witness and he was allowed to leave the State. So now he's back in New York, it's 1977, and he decides to kill again. He killed Ellen Hoover, who was a 23-year-old woman, also the daughter of the owner of Ciro's in West Hollywood. Her bones were found 11 months later in Westchester near the Rockefeller estate. Now it's the late 70s in California. He murders again. He murders an 18-year-old Jill Barcombe, a 27-year-old nurse Georgia Wickstead, 31-year-old legal secretary Charlotte Lamb, 21-year-old typist Jill Parento, and a 12-year-old Robin Samso. Only one year after the dating show, Alcala was charged with the death of Robin Samso. He was found guilty in 1980. But the verdict was later overturned. The case was retried and affirmed numerous times, but the killer always remained behind bars. But it wasn't until 2003 when investigators started tying Alcala's DNA with other murders. In addition to his death sentence in California, he was given 25 years to life in 2013 for his New York killings. Alcala died in a California prison in 2021 from natural causes. Anna Kendrick actually directed a movie called Woman of the Hour that was released initially September 2023, but it's not being streamed until this year sometime on Netflix. So whenever that comes out, watch it. I guess, if you're interested. Anyways, that's all I got for you this episode. Thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure to subscribe for more videos every single week and our long podcasts too are available and you can follow me on shorts and Instagram and all those fun things. Anyways, thank you guys so much for watching. I hope you have a great week and I'll see you guys next time here on Cauldron Convos. Bye.